This is Radioactive, a show for grassroots activists, community builders, punk rock farmers, and DIY creatives. I'm Laura Jones, and thanks for plugging into your community with me tonight. Coming up, it's a Dr. Dave special. David Derizotis of the Radical Middle of Peace and Conflict Studies at the University of Utah has a special panel conversation coming to you about love in its many forms with three great guests. Rebecca Sears, who describes herself as a Jane Doe regular citizen wanting to do good in the world. Stacy Sears, no relation to Rebecca. Stacy is a licensed clinical social worker who does a lot of couples work therapy and has some great advice for you in this next hour. And Kimo Chai, who's working on his master's of social work and is also a student of philosophy. He's got a couple book recommendations to delve into love as well as personal experience to share. That's all coming up. And for rallies and resources on this Valentine's Day Eve, I wanted to talk to you about Joy, in particular, Joy Mob, which has some great plans for you this all-star NBA weekend. To find out more, let's pass that microphone. Hello, everyone. My name is Baha, and I run an organization called Joy Mob Events. How did Joy Mob come about? How did Joy Mob come about? We started with a goal to unite the city through dance. <laughs> we held a dance event. I think it was on my personal Facebook page as kind of an experiment. I wanted to play and I thought dance is a great form of play. So we don't always, you know, we don't always give ourselves permission to play as adults. Yeah. So we figured, why don't we try it out and see what happens? Uh, usually dancing takes place, you know, in a structured wall, be behind four walls in a bar, right? Yeah, dark lights. Uh, <laughs> Maybe a yeah. little little it, it, adult libation to ease the nerves. Exactly. You always need a li little bit of liquid courage, right? And then maybe you can't even dance anywhere in the bar. You have to be on the dance floor, right? <laughs> you have to have permission, in, in essence, to dance. And so you decided, what was going on in the city uh, at that time? Can you maybe paint a picture, tell us when that was? And, and then what was the reaction to your first Joy Mob? You know, I think I moved to Salt Lake in 2015. And uh, I had kind of felt the vibe of the city, and it was a great vibe. And I just thought, you know, in 2018, let's let's host a dance party. And uh, it was a pretty great reaction. I think, I, like I said, I put on my Facebook page and I didn't even have a company name or anything. And I was like, well, we'll see what happens. I might be dancing by myself. Do you and, have a dance uh, background or just a club background? Neither. I just enjoy play. And so, you know, dance is such a great form of play. And I think that people can really express themselves through movement. And it's one of the oldest forms of communication, right? Before even language so and some yeah. religions say no no that's the devil other religions say dance can create a state of ecstasy and bring you closer to the divine absolutely yeah there's uh i think if people are interested in a different model then you know the 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 rules that we the stories that we tell ourselves that we have to get permission to do certain things um something where they have the opportunity to show up as their authentic selves and enjoy a fulfilled life anywhere um, you can do that with anything, you know, that's where Joy Mob comes in, whether it's dance or, you know, the love letters that we've written or all the activations we do. Hold up, love letters that you've written. Tell us about that. <laughs> um, for the last five years, we've written probably thousands of love letters. We gather, you know, the community, um, we write positive words of encouragement or kindness. Sometimes they're song lyrics or quotes or, you know, a life story. Put them in the letters and then leave them around the city to brighten up someone's day. Do you have some floating around the city for this Valentine's Day? 
We did some uh, a couple Valentines ago, and then the Washington Post, I think, picked it up and, and wrote an article. Someone found a letter that was from out of town, and they ended up in another state. So that was kind of cool. This year, we're gonna we're gonna do some. I think in a couple weeks here, we've got something planned. So NBA All Star Weekend coming up, and you have I think you told me forty eight hours of Joy Mob dancing coming up. So what's happening, and how can people participate or keep an eye out for the next Joy Mob? Absolutely, yeah, we've teamed up with the UTA, the Downtown Alliance, and Visit Salt Lake to provide 48 hours of live entertainment inside the tracks, train cars uh, during the All-Star Weekend. And so we're inviting everyone to ride the rails from Galvin to Gateway in style on the Blue Line. We're featuring local talented artists from across Salt Lake. And we're going to have an array of of performers, so musicians, comedians, singers, magicians, and, and more. That sounds pretty cool. What will you be doing? I will be trying to make sure everything goes as smoothly as possible. That's my <laughs> But dancing while you do it, I assume. Hopefully having a little fun in the process too, right? If you're having fun, you're doing it right. So, Well, let's give folks a taste of what they can expect musically, shall we, as we wrap our conversation. Tell us where folks can find Joy Mob, a schedule or something like that, and then give us a song to go out on. I love it. Yes, Joy Mob events on every social media you can think of joymobevents.com slash weekend to see the performers, the performer schedule, and everything you need for that. The beautiful thing too is if we're based out of the Gallivan, and you can also, if you get off there, you can also pop into Gallivan where we have activations going on and have teamed up for DJs and music and lights and food trucks with the Downtown Alliance, Banda, uh, Social Antidote, Alleyways Amplified, and many more. So what's the song we're going out with now here, Baha? So our ethos song that represents Joy Mob is Celebration by Cool and the Gang. Right here on KRCL. Look for Joy Mob, y'all. Thanks, Laura. Appreciate you. KRCL amplifies the work of community nonprofits like the Utah Black Chamber, an organization dedicated to serving the economic needs of Utah's black community and improving the lives of black professionals and business leaders across the state. More details at utahblackchamber.com. Hi, it's Trina B., Director of Underwriting, Sponsorships, and Events at KRCL. See, the thing I love about my job is being able to work with local businesses and creating on-air messaging to keep those businesses top of mind and in the forefront for KRCL listeners. Each week is growing and filled with community-invested listeners who want to support locally-owned businesses. So if you or someone you know has their own business and could use 80,000 local ears, contact me about on-air messaging, Trina B at krcl.org. Again, that's Trina be like boy at krcl.org. Hi, I'm Amy Goodman, inviting you to tune into KRCL weeknights at 7 for Democracy Now!, the War and Peace Report, an independent global news hour reporting headlines and in-depth interviews with people on the front lines of the world's most pressing issues. That's Democracy Now!, weeknights at 7, right here on KRCL. Welcome back to Radioactive Valentine's Day Eve 
I'm Laura Jones. Coming up at 7, it's Democracy Now!, followed by Red, White, and Blues with Brian Kelm at 8, Michelle's Night Train at 10.30, and then John Florence coming back at you for a brand new day at 6 a.m. Catch up on the last two weeks of any show by listening on demand at our website, krcl.org. And now it's time to turn the show over to Dr. David DeRizotis and his special Valentine's Day Eve panel on love in all its many forms. Take it away, Dr. Dave. Well, Laura, I'm super psyched today to have three guests to talk about one of my favorite holidays, which is Valentine's Day. To actually not just be superficial and, you know, to succumb to America's commercialization of everything, but actually to talk about love in a meaningful way. And I, and I have here today collected three people that I really admire and I'm looking forward to hearing from about love. And we're going to start by asking each of them to introduce themselves. And by the way, also for them to name a song or two that they might want us to play during this program. So we're going to start with Stacy Sears. And Stacy, welcome to KRCL. And could you say a little bit about what you do in the world these days? Sure. Um, I'm Stacy Sears. I'm an LCSW, licensed clinical social worker. Um, I have uh, my own practice. I'm a solo practitioner, and I work with couples, individuals, and families. Um, and I also teach a course at the University of Utah um, called Couples and Family Therapy. Um, I think the song I think of is by Tina Turner called Let's, What's Love Got to Do With It? <laughs> Which is a fun song. So, okay, so uh, we'll put that on our list. Um, and so you get to talk with people about love all the time in your work. Yeah. Which is probably sometimes fun and sometimes hard. Yes, that's true. Thanks, Stacy. And we also have Kimo Chai, uh, who's uh, going to join us. And Kimo, could you say a little bit about what you're doing in the world these days? I can sure try. I am currently a master's student in social work. Uh, I've also studied philosophy as an undergraduate. And for the past few years, I've been working with vulnerable populations, people experiencing homelessness, financial difficulties, lack of insurance. And I think the song I think of, maybe not your typical love song or One Direct, but it's called uh, Soy Lo Que Soy uh, by Monogem, about being what you are. Thanks, Kimo. I won't pretend just that I know that song, but I'm looking forward to hearing it. And uh, Kimo, I've always been impressed in our conversations because you rarely... Uh, don't have something to say from some philosopher in the past that uh, that you've learned about. And so I'm looking forward to hearing uh, what your philosophers have said and what you think about love. And then uh, last but certainly not least, uh, Rebecca Sirius is here today that, to um, tell us, Rebecca, a little bit about what you do in the world. Hi, Dave and everyone. Um, I am currently retired very happily. And um, I've had a, a variety of careers. I've started out as a baker, then I was a massage therapist, then I was a uh, physical therapist for about 20 years, and I've been retired since um, the beginning of 2020 when life changed for a lot of us. So I, I didn't know you were a baker. Yeah, way back when. What? <laughs> yeah. So you probably know how to make, you, do you have a secret chocolate chip cookie recipe? Uh, no, I don't have a chocolate, no. 
No, okay. but I do have that's a it. different recipe that's a favorite of mine that they will talk about. Ah, and I understand you have a couple songs that you would like us to play. Yeah, if there's time for two, um, one of them is kind of an. You sometimes you hear it on Muzak these days by the Spice Girls called Wannabe. And um, then the other one is um, Shower the People by James Taylor. Actually, both songs. I, I'm looking forward to hearing them again. Um, and in case anyone is wondering, even though Stacy and Rebecca have the same last name, um, you are not related. Is that correct? Yeah, not that I know of. So let's get into it. You know, Valentine's Day is coming up. Um, and we wanted to explore the topic. Um, I'm curious, just what I'll do is I'll ask a question and then we'll just go in different directions so everybody has a chance to comment. Uh, so maybe starting with Rebecca, do you celebrate Valentine's Day, Rebecca? I, saw, I noticed you, your husband was on the screen just a minute ago helping you get on Zoom. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't have a real tradition other than maybe uh, this is that recipe. There's a flourless chocolate torch that is really lovely. It's very rich and uh, luscious. And um, it's like that dark chocolate layer that um, George Clooney talked about in one fine day. <laughs> and, um, but otherwise, you know, when Valentine's Day advertisements come on, I'm like, oh my God, do I have to get the right gift? Do I have to like, you know, do I have to go buy the right thing? Is this how my partner is going to know that our, the love that I have for him? <laughs> right. So, yeah, yeah, I don't really love. I mean, I love that we have a day to celebrate love. So, like, we have Thanksgiving to celebrate gratitude. But I don't put a lot of stock in the holiday itself. I'd like to just practice it every day. So that's our first wisdom of our conversation, isn't it? Yeah, that... Even though it's great, we recognize love, something's happened to the holiday that where it's become commercialized, which I'm sure we'll get into. Thanks so much, Rebecca. How about you, Kimo? Do you celebrate Valentine's Day in your world? Not very successfully. <laughs> uh, as someone who's sitting with a lot of heartbreak, I keep looking at my calendar, not wanting the day to show up. And when it does, I hope it goes by quickly. Yeah. Difficult day for a lot of people, but... Uh, yeah, I don't really know how to celebrate it. I, I think that that's um, uh, something uh, that uh, we can acknowledge uh, for you and for probably a lot of people that are listening, that when Valentine's Day comes around, it may remind some of us of what we wish we had um, or think we should have. Do you want to say anything about the heartbreak yet, Kima? Sure, I can try. Uh, I think like a lot of people, my relationships change drastically during the pandemic. A lot of growth, but painful nonetheless. And uh, like the song I chose, I'm still trying to figure out who I am. So it's heartbreak for myself and heartbreak for people I miss. Yeah. I'm sure we'll be talking more about heartbreak in the next few minutes. Thanks, Kimo. How about you, Stacey? Do you, do you all celebrate Valentine's Day at your house? We do. Um, it's changed and um, it's different every year. I don't know that there are same traditions, same rituals, but uh, exchanging cards, um, maybe dinner, a long drive. I'm thinking this year I might write a haiku. Uh, I like poetry. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, 
And as long as we uh, have uh, Stacy uh, speaking, and um, uh, and we're going to be taking a break here in just a minute, um, uh, perhaps we can play uh, What's Love Got to Do With It by our friend Tina Turner. Would that be uh, a good idea, Stacy? I think it's a great song. I am interested in why you picked Tina Turner of all the... And I know you're, you know a lot about music. Why did you pick her song uh, today? I think she is incredible, and she still is rocking it um, in her older years. It's a great dance song, and I, I like some of the um, I like some of the words and the questioning. What does love have to do with it? Um, and I think it, it does have something to do with it. I also think friendship does. Um, and intimacy and uh so yeah love does have something to do with it but i um i don't think it's all on love thanks stacy for that introduction and now we'll hear from tina arcl and we're talking today about love you must understand the touch of your hand makes my pulse react. krcl amplifies the work of community nonprofits like the NAACP, working to ensure a society in which all individuals have equal rights. To learn more, visit naacpogden.org or naacp-saltlakebranch.org. And now back to our panel on love, moderated by Dr. David Derizotis. Welcome back to KRCL, and uh, we hope you enjoyed uh, Tina Turner. And uh, we're um, speaking with our guest, Stacy Sears, Kimo Chai and Rebecca Sears about love and exploring Valentine's Day. And so, Stacy, you're up with our next question. Um, what do you observe, Stacy, about how our culture deals with Valentine's Day? We've already started talking about a little bit. Kimo mentioned, uh, for example, uh, the commercialization uh, that we experienced, and we talked a little bit about how it could remind us that we have someone in our life we love, but it could also remind some of us we don't have anyone right now. What do you think? Uh, like Thanksgiving and Christmas, um, I think it can be a hard holiday for some people. Um, there are, and and hard for maybe everyone. Um, there are rough memories with family members, with partners. Um, our culture tells us we're supposed to, um, you know, feel romance. Well, what if we don't? Um, what if we feel lonely? What if we're lonely in a relationship? Or we have no romantic relationship, um, and and I've I've wondered, you know, maybe Valentine's could be more of a reminder to ritualize something, um, like giving, giving to someone, looking out for someone, doing something kind for someone on Valentine's. I like that. Yeah, like uh, Rebecca was talking about earlier, the pressure to have to get the right gift to move move away from that kind of pressure, which. I don't think any of us really need maybe thinking about new rituals. Thanks, Stacy. Um, how about you, Kimo? What's your observation about how our culture celebrates Valentine's Day? That's a tough question. I think commercialization comes to mind. But the other thing that uh, pops up is this fear of missing out, which was kind of mentioned already, but this idea that I'm not good enough, everyone else has it better, uh, why does my life not look like a Hallmark movie that ends happily? 
just a lot of social pressures, a lot of things we've internalized, and a lot of expectations we place on ourselves. And I think one of the biggest difficulties with my generation, uh, millennials, is struggling to be authentic and figuring out how that fits in with these types of days. I like that idea a lot. Thanks, Kimo. And Rebecca, what what would you want to say about um, your observations about our culture and Valentine's Day? Well, I really uh, want to follow up on what Kimo said because I think that we in our culture, maybe the world over, I don't know, maybe this is why uh, Islamic countries go, you know, deaf to Americans. It's like we, we put so much importance on erotic, you know, ego-based, you know, like love, falling in love. And it's just so, you know, you meet somebody and then you like jump in bed with them and, you know, and that's the way it's supposed to be. The first kiss, like you tear each other's clothes off. And, you know, this was a little bit frightening. <laughs> you know, there's there like the opportunity to become um, someone's friend, to know someone that is so much more important than what romantic love means in our world. Like real love, um, it's not that. It's not that at all. And I guess one reason, well, both of these songs I chose, it's like, um, if you want to be my lover, well, you gotta know my friends. You gotta know me. You gotta know who I am. And um, and also, what do you want? Who are you really? And what do you really want? It's like so often, it's like, I want to be whatever you want me to be. Then you'll love me. It's like, oh dear, this is a recipe for a lifetime of sadness, right? So, um, yeah, I really love um, there's a lot of people we can love in our lives. We got a grandmother, we got our friends, we got our, you know, our pets. And love is a much broader um, expression than what romantic love is. I like that so much, Rebecca, what you're talking about. I was just teaching a class this morning and we were talking about how, you know, the initial sexual attraction between two people no matter who you are and where in the world you live, typically lasts around 18 months. And most of our our film industry and media and, as you know, advertising and the rest of it um, emphasizes those those 18 months. We talk relatively little, don't we, about, um, you know, when that attraction starts to fade. It doesn't have to completely go away, you know, um, is maybe when real love actually starts, right? Thanks for that. And Rebecca, since we're talking with you, maybe we should uh, uh, fit in the Spice Girls now and listen to them. Uh, apparently, there's some rumor going on. We're going to hear the Spice Girls at uh, at the coronation of uh, England's king soon. So it's timely. <laughs> it's timely along those lines too. So, um, and, and Rebecca, can you tell us why uh, it, a little bit more about why you picked them and uh, for for this? I'd love to. Um, yeah, um, I guess. It- this became the, their music became you know familiar to me because my daughter was like you know 10 11 when this is happening it's like yeah girlfriends it's about the girlfriends and um i just love it's like tell me what you want what you really really want so tell me what you want what you really really want well you gotta know what you really want what do you value 
And who are you? What do you want in a relationship? What do you want in a partner? Who do you want to be? Um, and um, it, then another line is, don't go wasting my precious time. Get your act together and we can be just fine. You know, it's like, you got to bring something to the table. And um, there's another one, like, um, taking is too easy. If you want to be my lover, you've got to give. Taking is too easy. And that's the way it is. Like, you, it's got to be sharing. They got to meet you. Got to meet you halfway. And um, then this other line I just love, if you really bug me, then I'll say goodbye. <laughs> like, don't just, like, give your heart over to somebody. It's like, if they deserve to be with you, then fabulous. But make sure that they meet your standards. So I wish somebody had told me this way back when I was in my dating years. <laughs> I know, I know. Where were the Spice Girls when I was little? Oh, girl power didn't come on until a little bit later. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to listen to the Spice Girls, and we'll be back in a few minutes here on KRCL, where we're, talk where we're talking about love. Hey, music nerds. Come out and test your knowledge at KRCL's first ever Women Who Rock Trivia Night, celebrating International Women's Day on Wednesday, March 8th at Mountain West Hard Cider, 425 North, 400 West. Doors open at 6.30. Trivia starts at 7 with tickets at the door to benefit KRCL. Hang out with other KRCL fans. Win some great prizes, including Women Who Rock gear, Egyptian theater gift cards, fanny packs from Planned Parenthood, and more. It's Women Who Rock Trivia Night, Wednesday, March 8th, International Women's Day. Details at krcl.org. You're listening to a radioactive Valentine's Eve special hosted by Dr. Dave. And welcome back to KRCL. And hope you enjoyed the Spice Girls. It seems to me, uh, Rebecca, that's been over 20 years ago that they were playing, because that's how old my daughter was. Uh, uh, that's how long ago I remember her listening to the same music that your daughter was listening to. So, um, Rebecca, since we have you on microphone, let me ask you a, a follow-up question, and that is, um, I know that uh, one of the disciplines that you have studied is the Course of Miracles. I understand that the Course of Miracles has a particular perspective on what they call special relationships, right? And I'm, I'm curious whether you could talk with us a little bit about that and give us a perspective from that wisdom tradition about romantic love. If people haven't heard of what the Course in Miracles is, it's um, it's a, um, it's a, it's a channeled book. It's um, there was a couple of psychologists in the '60s, um, in New York, and uh, suddenly, like this voice was coming to one of them. It's like I've got something to tell you. I want you to take notes. Take notes. This is going to be a course in miracles, and it's understood that this is Jesus speaking to us in our modern time, and you can take that as you will, but um, there is a lot of wisdom. Sometimes it's a little thick, challenging to get through, but he talks so much about um, like love and the ego and this idea of this special relationship that you mentioned is what we, you know, like this kind of like set apart. It's, it's Special. We want to be special, more special than somebody else. And, you know, 
we are afraid that we're less special than someone else. And so this specialness like that we put on like romantic love falls into that category. Um, it can be painful. It's a way that we can feel like, you know, oh, like we were saying before, oh, I'm better, you know, oh, thank God I've got a Valentine because it's Valentine's Day. It's like I'm not I'm not a loser. But um the contrast to this special relationship is like the like the true relationship they is referred to as a holy relationship but you you know it's one where you are it's like the love of your brother it's like to love each other our fellow man and not be above them or or we're not below them that are we share humanity with mankind with our brothers whether we see them like someone we recognize and want to love or not they're all our brothers and so that's like this like how the world is advanced i feel like it's like our life purpose <laughs> is learning to break down the barrier to love in general i like that and thanks for explaining that it's it takes a while to explain that um i like that idea that um you know that certainly i want to love the people i'm closest to but um but not to the exclusion of everyone else and maybe that's especially an important message today in our world where we need to get along with each other right to cooperate and you know deal with the issues that um are uh, that we're facing so thanks for that rebecca we could spend it occurs to me we could spend a whole hour just talking about some of the wisdom and the course of miracles couldn't we chemo um, can I ask you a similar question? Um, you know more about philosophy than most humans that I've met on the planet, and I'll, I'll, it always seemed to have uh, a, an interesting quote or story about a philosopher you studied. Can you tell us a little bit about what some of your favorite philosophers have said about love? Well, I knew you were going to ask me something like this, so I've been going through my mind, and it does not look good for the history of Western philosophy. So one of the first dialogues, or things I thought of was a dialogue from Plato called the Symposium. Uh, a night after revelry and uh, poetic competition, a bunch of men, only men, gather and ask each other what love is. And they get drunker and drunker and no one really has an answer. And the one woman they mention, Diotima, uh, she talks about what it's like to be a midwife but she was quickly forgotten. And I don't think the history of philosophy has done much better since then. I'm just thinking of a few examples. Uh, Nietzsche didn't have a successful love life. He met someone and proposed, I've heard, within three days. Kierkegaard fell in love with someone and loved her from afar and possibly could have gotten a restraining order if it was a modern day. Uh, and I don't think it gets much better. The only people I could really think of that maybe had an interesting, worthwhile relationship uh, Jean-Paul Sartre and Simone de Beauvoir, who they had an open relationship, but they seemed to love each other through many a difficult times. Uh, the one person I would recommend, though, is Bell Hooks, who you probably won't find in the philosophy department. She's been marginalized and left out, but she's written a lot of popular books on love. So I recommend starting there. Chimo, that's fascinating. Do, do you find then that people maybe in the Eastern Hemisphere or people that, uh, in the Southern Hemisphere have more 
to say in their wisdom traditions about love and Western? Uh, the first thing I think of uh, as a practicing Buddhist, we also don't have a good reputation for love. We try to convince people to leave their families. Shakyamuni Buddha left his wife and child behind. Uh, the Confucians say a lot about keeping the family together, but again, it's mostly from the masculine perspective. So I think overall, the world has a lot of place to grow. Thanks, Kimo. Maybe in your career, you'll add some much-needed wisdom about love. <laughs> Try. In the literature. <laughs> I bet you do. Um, and Stacy, you've been trained uh, in couple counseling, right, in social work, and we won't hold that against you. Okay, of course. Yeah. Um, just teasing you. But, like, what would you say you've learned about love in this work you do? I understand you see couples frequently. I think um, part of the discussion that I have with people is that mature love um, is about the growth of the other. Um, and what kind of love is it? What kind of love are we talking about? Are we talking about infatuation? Are we talking about love with respect, um, respecting each other? Um, are we talking about an obsession? Sometimes people... Um, you know, can can be obsessed with love, and that that can serve as a distraction. Um, because, as you taught me a long time ago in class, Doctor Dave, um, we all want more pleasure and less pain. Um, and so, um, what what kind of love is it? Is is one of the things I talk to people about. So, if we asked you to offer some tips to our audience today around trying to develop this mature love, what, what might you want to say? One thing is, um, I think sometimes, and we therapists are guilty of this, um, we, we focus on the problem. We focus on what's going wrong. And I think one thing we can do is, um, is Thanksgiving um, in relationship and in ourself. What is going well? What's going okay? What's going right? And to begin to notice the simple things. Um, and I, I think that um, sometimes, um, often rather, when people come in, they are pointing at each other, um, literally, figuratively. Um, if, if you would just change, um, you're the problem. And so one of the pieces um, of advice that I sometimes give is turn inward. Um, uh, instead of looking at your partner, look look inside um, and pay attention back back to that friendship thing. I think that great relationships are built on a deep friendship, uh, and that 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 friendship can be an accelerant um, to love and to romance. I like that. It reminds me of uh, that line in the story of us. Um, I know that I used to watch that in class up at the hill where the husband uh, says to his wife who's separated from him, for the first time I've uh, started to see uh, myself through your eyes. And uh, that was the, the, the beginning of them reconciling and uh, reconnecting. Yeah. Um, so as long as we have you on, on the mic, Stacy, can you comment on this next question, which is about another song uh, landslide by Stevie Nicks, uh, Fleetwood Mac, 
and has a lyrics which go, Oh, mirror in the sky, what is love? Can the child within my heart rise above? Can I sail through the changing ocean tides? Can I handle the seasons of my life? So, um, again, what is love to you? Is, is it somehow a mirror? I think that it can be. And I think that this song, this, these lyrics to the inner relationship with myself, and if I admire something in my partner or someone else, um, I think that belongs to me. I think um, in that same vein, if I dislike something um, uh, in my partner, in someone, um, what does that say about me? Thanks, Stacy. Can I ask you the same question? Yes, but I do have to confess, I can't finish the song because it hurts too much to listen to sometimes. <laughs> but the thought that came to me was, the transformation that happens when you enter into a relationship that's deep and sincere, even ones that are difficult and painful and don't end well, uh, are some of the most insightful transformative moments that you can go through. They come with all of the seasons, as you mentioned in that lyric. I took my love, took it down. And now back to our panel on love, moderated by Dr. David Derizotis. And welcome back to KRCL. And we're talking about love today. We're approaching Valentine's Day 2023. And we have three guests here, uh, Stacy Sears, Kimo Chai, and Rebecca Sears. And Rebecca, uh, we've been talking a little bit about the Fleetwood Mac song, um, Landslide. And I'm wondering whether you have any comments about that song and the idea that love is somehow a mirror. Yeah, that's always been such a confusing lyric to me until I heard once that she wrote that song in grief about her father. And so I thought, oh, well, that kind of makes it fall into place about, you know, you know, like a father and daughter, you know, like reflecting love to each other. And can I handle the changes in my life? Can I handle the tides changing? like without you, Dad. I don't know that it's true because in preparation for this, I looked up Stevie Nicks and what that song's on. I don't, maybe her dad was a little distant from her and also she wrote it about a relationship she was in. But I think that was my fantasy. Maybe that reflects more of my sort of longing for that relationship with my father. You know, it's like, yeah, without you, can I handle the changes in my life? Yeah, and, and probably for many or most of us around our parents as they age and might pass away. So, Rebecca, you mentioned earlier about your own daughter, and um, I'm wondering like, what kind of advice you have for her and people in her generation, that, you know, whether she's entered into romantic love yet or not. Um, what, would a, what, what would a mother say to her daughter? What's the most important thing that you have to teach? Well, it's kind of like what I was saying before about, you know, the Spice Girls, know yourself, really know what you value, what matters to you, make sure that if there's someone that likes you, do they, do you just want to like them because they like you or what are they about? Are they someone who's interesting? You know, do they, what do they bring to the table? And, um, do you bring something, you know, like an equivalent amount of, you know, resource to the relationship 
And um, so I'm pretty proud of my daughter. She's um, she is currently in a relationship. She's never she's never been married. She's 33, and um, has um, has definitely had some long term relationships. But it's like no, sometimes it's not doesn't measure up, and he's not shy about saying you know this isn't really what it's not cutting it for me. So I I got they she doesn't sell out. And that's what I would want to advise someone. Don't sell out. Don't sell yourself short. Yeah, I like that. It's so easy to sell out, I suppose, because falling in love can be so strong, can't it? it the siren call, you know, yeah. it's like the yeah. longing, like our ego and our hormones speak so powerfully. Yeah. And to try to tone that down and go, wait, what's the long term? That's hard. I understand. I've been there. <laughs> I have a colleague from Vietnam, and um, he's talked about how different it is in his country. What they teach about love, uh, that it's, a, they call it some, in some traditions, a sickness or an illness, you know, and, you know, and they have, and they uh, talk about uh, it. It's represented by very powerful entities in our life. Whereas you said in your country, you have this little Cupid <laughs> figure on a, you know, on, on a card or something. And not recognizing how our frontal lobes become basically drunk. I'm back. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Rebecca. Sure. Oh, uh, Kimo, um, I know you don't have children and grandchildren quite yet, <clears throat> but um, I, I imagine that um, it's not uh, un entirely unlikely you won't have some young people that you are teaching either in your own family or perhaps um, in a classroom someday. What kind of advice would you give them? So the song is Soy Lo Que Soy, I Am What I Am by Mono Jim. Uh, it's not about traditional love. It's mostly about being what you are, which I found one of the difficult, most difficult things about being in a relationship is to accept what you are, to accept what the other person is, and just to let it manifest. I like that yeah, um, comment and um, want to echo that, that, um, that None of us uh, need and deserve to be in a relationship that is abusive, and and you know uh, dealing with that. Um, and there are uh, opportunities uh, in our community. You know, there's uh, folks that can help uh, you with this. And maybe I'll ask Stacy about that in just in a second here. Um, if you need help uh, dealing with abuse and a relationship you're in. There are people that can help you. So why don't I go to you, Stacy? You you work with couples, and I'm sure you've run across some that where there is some kind of domestic violence going on. Um, <clears throat> what um, maybe you could speak to that first, and then I have a follow up question. But what <clears throat> what would you advise people who are listening if they're in a relationship like that? I have worked with couples um, where um, they have um, needed a referral. Uh, to somewhere, someone else who has been trained to um, treat people in domestic violence relationships, um, and it, it, there, there's a lot of it depends. I mean, we say that a lot in therapy, and as therapists, it depends, but it, but it really does. I mean, what's the history of that, and is it um, is it ongoing? Um, and there are people who um, uh, have been trained in um, helping people in domestic violent relationships. Um, and often, surprisingly, 
um, to some people, um, the the way forward is for um, both partners, if there's two, um, to to get um, some individual counseling um, that is specific to DV, and then to try to come back after um, they have um, had that that therapy and and see if um, they can come together. But the but, but but part of what can happen in therapy is um, pe- people can leave um, a therapist's office and get very upset one to the other. Why did you say that? And that can cause more distress in a relationship um, and despair. And so there there are there are helps there and people who are trained to work with people in abusive relationships. And safety is paramount. So um, and. Um... Maybe uh, the last part of that question would be if you had an opportunity to do education, sometimes social workers do, in the community around love, let's say with high school kids or something, what would be the most important thing or things you'd stress? I would stress to them that one of the greatest gifts um, we can give another, um, and whether we call it love or something else, is connection and friendship. Um, and this comes from feeling seen, feeling heard, feeling known, feeling listened to, feeling understood. Um, that is a great gift. Thanks, Stacy. Okay, so uh, uh, we have, I understand, a poem, Rebecca, that you had prepared for our conversation. This poem is by Chellen Harkin, and um, it's about love. It goes... Love is the brave and humble dedication to the creation of an environment, a heart space so supportive and embracing that each helps the fullness of the other better stand on its own feet. And the two love each other more for the great generosity of that. Thanks, Rebecca. That was wonderful. Thank you. So I want to thank uh, our three guests for... um, uh, uh, this short but very informative conversation we've had about love in honor of Valentine's Day and kind of exploring uh, more deeply what love is actually about. Uh, thanks to Stacey Sears, Rebecca Sears, and Kimo Chine. Kimo, um, I understand that you have a song that uh, you'd like us to play, and could you please introduce it uh, and explain why you chose it? That's a difficult question. I think the first thing I would say is be where you're at. It's really difficult to acknowledge what you're experiencing, uh, what you have experienced in the past, and what you hope for in the future. So to honestly be where you're at would be a big step because as I see it, a lot of us are going through life day to day, trying to be somewhere else, trying to get somewhere, trying to recover the past and dig it back up, even though we can't. Uh, The other thing I would uh, say is uh, I'm recalling an interview Bell Hooks gave where I guess she made this statement in her books where she said, love and abuse can't exist at the same time. And a lot of people struggled with that. And as you mentioned, love can make you crazy. So I think another thing I would say is really be careful with love. Really open up and make sure you're respecting the person you proclaim to love 
including yourself too. Thanks, Kimo. What a, a great theme to end the program with tonight. And uh, thanks again to all three of our guests, Stacy Sears, Rebecca Sears, and Kimo Chai, uh, for all of your input conversation tonight. Thank you, Ronald. Thank you very much. Thanks so much, Dave. Thanks for the opportunity. It was fun. Mm-hmm.